Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, who, on discovering his adopted home of Calgary was the birthplace of five-pin bowling, set in motion a plan to endear himself to his new neighbours and friends and became the proud inventor of two-and-a-half-pin bowling. My friend and yours, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? <laughs> Good. Is it five-pin or is it six-pin? I believe... Well, I, I'm, I, I mean, not being a native, you may have... There may be so many variations in Calgary. Well, but um, so. it, yeah. it, 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 Wikipedia uh, mentioned five-pin, but I don't oh, okay. know. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I think I've played. I've played a variant of that. Anyway, I know what you mean. I'm very well. How are we you? Know you've played a variant because you invented two and a half pin bowling. It's that you're the toast of calgs as a result. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. Thank you. Yes, I'm good. I'm well. Uh, up in uh, up in Scotland for another little brief jaunt. So uh, it's colder. It's darker. Um, those things are noticeable, but uh, it's nice to see some actual real people. That's a nice thing. So yeah, g- generally fairly do we, buoyant. Do we seem to have less exhilarating games when you're north of the border, <laughs> or is it just that we have it all? We have it's largely that we don't particularly have exhilarating games, and then it's just fallen that you're visiting your family. It's a good, uh, yeah. It's interesting. I knew this one was going to go to penalties because I was hoping that. You know, it's a bit of an intrusion into uh, the day. Um, we sort of mentioned last week the nature of uh, the League Cup being, you know, fairly low on everybody's priority list, particularly this mm-hmm. season. So, of course, we were going to get the full uh, 90 minutes with nothing and then and then uh, a little added extra just to take a little bit more time. But... Uh, yeah, I don't. Th- you know, I don't know. It's interesting. We could probably look back statistic-wise and see whether if, when I'm in Scotland, it's always it's always bad. <laughs> I wonder. So yes, it was a it, yes. Anyway, we can talk about this when we get on to talk about the game. But that is not the <laughs> yeah. uh, that is not the structure of different gravy. Not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. As uh, as it's time to discuss breaking hoo hoos. So um, we're. We're still sort of pre. Well, I mean, technically, we were pre-season until today. We're now in season, I guess. Um, but that that does mean there's there's bits of news uh, coming through, sort of fairly thick and fast. Do you have a Do you have anything in particular you'd like to talk about first out of the the things that have happened this week, Luke? Uh, let's uh, well, let's talk about the fun day of double signings, shall we? Yeah, that's. Uh... It's a nice place to start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. One, one, a complete surprise, and the other, um, the opposite of that, because we were just waiting for when it would happen. Uh, but yeah, we we signed Elias Kachunga uh, on a free transfer for a year, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, Trumpy Bomb, Windy Ass, the man, yeah, the, the the man himself for uh, for two years with an option of a third year with an option of a third. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts. I, I I guess it's interesting with Kajunga completely came out of left field. I think there were some people who, a few people at ITK who thought that this was something long confirmed and we were just waiting to kind of pull it out of the pull it out of the hat. So oh, speak. interesting. Um, but that was a very small amount of people. And interestingly enough, that you know Kachunga kind of came up in uh, the rumor mill. And people have said, including some of our reported uh, famed local reporters in Dom House, and said he's not one who's on Wednesday's radar. 
Oh, right. Yeah. So they must love when they make those declarative statements and then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then they... life, life shows up to rub their noses in their mistakes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I do sort of vaguely remember his name sort of popping up at one stage. Mm. He's a player. He is. I've always, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I second I've that fairly, like I've, I've been fairly, admi- fairly admiring of him. Mm. Um, I, I don't, without knowing a huge amount, but just knowing when he's played against us, he's been a threat. Yes. Um, and so, and I thought it was interesting. So I believe he, he mostly sort of plays mm. right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then watching, as you have to do, the goals videos to to sort of make yourself excited and uh, you know hype hype up a player beyond any reasonable expectations. Uh, watching his all of his goals for for Huddersfield seems like a mixture. Sometimes he does seem to play through the middle. And to be honest, I thought watching the, the and I do mean this. This is praise from me. I have to say this before. But it reminds me a little bit of Marcus Tuchel. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like how you had to preface. You have to preface all all nice comments with this is praise, by the way. <laughs> well, I think Tudgay was a bit of a divisive figure at times. Mm. But I think certainly certainly not a natural goal scorer, but through kind of nous and and hard work, mm. was, was able to have a, a, a few seasons where he really pulled together a very decent goal tally. Mm-hmm. And Kachunga, he got 13 goals the season that Huddersfield got promoted. Yes, yeah. And that was in a team that went up with negative goal difference. So... Mm. Those are hard-won goals. But he scores a lot with his head. He's not... I think when you think about a winger that gets maybe 10 goals a season, I think you naturally think, oh, someone that's like cutting in and beaming in yes. distance. Mm. Um, but yeah, looking at the goals he scored, a lot of them are neat little finishes where he's ghosted into the box and he's he's won a header and winning headers at corners as well. Yes. So I'm, I guess that's a really interesting comparison because I did feel that about Tudgate that he did have a certain amount of an understated prowess in the air because yeah. of how slight he was as a player. He was a real, you know, diving little meerkat. Yes. Uh, I, I loved, I think we played a game, I can't even remember the season, we beat Norwich at home 3-2. Uh, I remember taking my dad, which was really sweet. So, you know, I got to, um, mm. thanks to uh, Rich and I, we are different gravy, we are the gravy boys. We were previously on that gravy train, that was the Coke Zone, Coca-Cola <laughs> oh, tickets, which has actually ignited... Has played a fair point and a fair kind of uh, wee little hand in our friendship, I guess. Definitely. And the many kind of dice rolls that we have in, in life. Um, we've definitely had some sliding doors moments over some uh, over some Coke Zone points, haven't we, Rich? Where would we be without Coke Zone? That is a real big question. Me, Gwyneth Paltrow, and you, John <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, let's abandon that analogy. I, I took my dad, so I won a free ticket. And I remember a goal that Tugge scored, which was a bit like people compared it to, I think, a Trevor Francis. Was it the UEFA Cup semi-final header? Yes. Where's one oh, like yes. diving at the back stick. And it was really, you know, it was a really fantastic goal. Not yeah. to talk too much about Marcus Tudgate, but that was the interesting thing with watching that from the, the highlight reels from Kachunga is... There, there seems to be a very kind of understated prowess with heading the ball. Nothing quite as impressive as a diving backstick header. 
no, but it, it's more about reading the flight of the ball and, and getting yourself in there than it is mm. towering above people. Because I think the similar sort of height to Tudgay in, in that he's probably sort of 5'9", something like that, which is not short, but it, it's kind of average height and most defenders will be five, six, maybe more inches taller than you. Mm-hmm. But it's it's attacking the ball, being being alive and, and, and aware and things like that and uh, grabbing those opportunities when they come. So I'm, I'm quietly excited about that. And I also think the fact that it's it's a year, you know, he's he's not um, he's not he's not an old player by any chalk, but he's he's not he's also not not a sort of spring chicken. So it's nice to not be in a position where we're kind of handing somebody on the cusp of their 30s. Yeah. Three years or whatever and yeah. hoping for the best. I was surprised that you said it was a year. I thought it was just going to be. I think I standard. I think standardly think that all free transfers are two years. You know, it might well be a year with a year if that's the, the, the you know that's quite often a format of it. But it just felt like we weren't tying ourselves in too much, and it's putting him in a position where he's got to kind of show his worth. I think almost from the off. Did you? I mean, on the flip side of this, the nicety of being like, oh, I watched these goals and ninety percent of them were headers mm. you know were death faint headers were you disappointed that there wasn't the flip side of that with like more goals from his feet not him cutting in and beaming one into the top corner he seemed to score a few uh decent sort of efforts with his feet but it it none of them are worldies or no no not worldies seven, no eight out of ten strikes you know yeah i don't know i mean it's going to be interesting as i say i don't know I'm, i wouldn't i'd be lying if i sort of said oh i know tons and tons about him but yeah. um it just obviously you look good on those goal videos that's the whole point you know it's all the good bits together <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it I I was quite pleased with the sort of variations that were there. Um, I particularly liked, there was one sort of cheeky one where he scored against Norwich um, and it was kind of getting between the defender and the goalkeeper and and intercepting a bad pass back and just slotting it away with with a plomb. Um, But it looks, yeah, it looks like he's not like a a beautiful striker of the ball, you know, a technical striker of the ball, like, like we see sometimes with someone like Adam Reach. But like his like his sort of heading prowess, it's more just getting there and being being active, being interested, and and trying to get on the end of things is is almost half the half the gamble. So yeah, pleasing a pleasing surprise. I Although, think I had a similar thing to you was that you know I've always noted and felt that he was a player of worth and a player of threats and a player that you see his name on the team sheet for the opposite team for Huddersfield and think he could do something. You know, it's mm. not it's not against him. So I, I'm pleased we've got someone who's quick. I mean, the interesting thing is, I, the interesting thing is, I mean, he's a winger who's seemed to be predominantly played on the wing for Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, not so much of a kind of goal threat and goal stats and assist, assist stats. Mm. So that's something. But the interesting thing was, I guess the interesting thing is looking at from four years he's been at Huddersfield. So he spent a year on loan, which was his, you know, his best year with them at 13 goals in 30-odd appearances in their promotion year, you know, against us. (laughs) Yes. And then got up to the Premier League, played about half the games I think they had in the Premier League over two seasons, one goal. I imagine having that step up for a player of his ability, who's someone who's looked good and promising, but not exactly a world beater, maybe, perhaps, probably has affected his confidence. So 
I'm wondering about whether this being a you know a second chance, a second spell, he might be rejuvenated by this move. And towards. so much can hang on, you know, if we if he obviously not involved today, but if he mm. can get a goal early doors, you can go on the sort of run that does sort of rejuvenate a, a an attacking player. Just you know, grabbing a goal or two turn can turn all sorts of things around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably improve your love life. Um, yeah, all, all of a sudden the toast falls uh, with the bottom side up and things. You know, I'm sure it's uh, for, for an attacking player. Those goals just make so much difference to uh, to everything. Uh, but in particular, the way you play and the, the confidence with which you sort of attack the game. Um, so the, the other the other addition uh, obviously was uh, was Windass who. Uh, with his last season, got nine goals, uh, three goals in nine games. It would be nice if he got nine goals in three games. That would be quite a record. Um, almost Jordan Rhodes versus Forest level figures he's pulling in there. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm pleased that we've sort of discussed it a little bit because it was it we knew it, this was very much on the guards in front of mind. But pleased to have him on board. Very much so. Yeah, I think you know they're both they're both quick and versatile players. That if we look at the similarities between the two signings, um, Windass I feel is someone we've seen more of and we know more of who he is and we know more of how you know how he can be. We were talking about this last week how he can present himself in different positions across that forward line or a forward three. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of options and you know dynamic, talented. Um, on his day, a real handful, and on his day, someone who I think has been a game changer, someone who's you know had a few occasions of coming off the bench, and if he hasn't made a change, then he's looked a lot more lively and a lot you know mm-hmm. a different type of player to some of the ones that we have who've started the game. So I'm glad to have him in. I, it's interesting now. With I felt like getting to the position of um, you know I'm really glad that we got one signing in before yes you know. But now we have two signings, so I, I, it's to go into the season proper. Whether this is the season proper or whether next week is, is a different kind of argument. I think definitely after the game, we can say the season proper starts next week. The season we? proper start. Because <laughs> I'd naturally think, I'd naturally feel that the the season should start with a league game. And yeah. then you get the midweek League Cup. Yeah. And it's kind of like more competitive minutes. You can try some different options, but your bread and butter is obviously the league. Um, so to be in that position, to have those players in, to now look and say we have three strikers is really good. Maybe some of my negativity, anxiety is making me think, who is that? Who is that fourth player that's going to come in through the door? And that's someone that may take a while for a player of that quality to come through the door, but... Um, who is who is the fourth striker going to be? Because I think that's going to make yeah. that's going to make a telling difference to what we have. But it's it's starting to look like we're assembling the toolbox of strikers. Yes, well, I mean we're avowedly looking, aren't we? Monk has sort of said we're we're still on the lookout for that that guy um, to 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 lead the line. I I think that's the interesting thing. So it's interesting you sort of categorise them as strikers. I, I think a few folks online haven't but i think mm. they're all they're certainly both forwards mm. uh, but there may be more of that second striker sort of variety than than the, the, right. the guy leading the line i don't know sure I, I think that's windass, an interesting point windass to me looks 
he's got the build that given the right coaching he could be i think he could lead the line on his own he does i don't think you need to be massive but you need to know how to use your body and and, and use your energy in the right ways um and I, I as i say i thought with kachunga looking at him he does have the tools that he could probably do the same sort of thing um so potentially they are both candidates for that role, but it just it's not it's not been their bread and butter thus far in their career. Mm. Um, so people are still sort of some folks are still lamenting the fact that that Rhodes is the only you know quote unquote striker um, mm. in in the in the squad. But I I agree with you. I, I do categorise those two guys as if not strikers certainly forwards. I think they yeah of that that lineup that would that would they'd lead the line in one way or another but i think we naturally kind of think i think we still have i think i still have this affliction and i think a lot of fans still have this affliction that in a very traditional game you know with tradition we defer to the mentality of how we think football should be played and i think that mentality is still very much a 442 mentality amongst the fan base yeah and i still see that from myself i'm not saying i'm not separating myself away from that fan base i still see that myself but you know it's it's that mentality of oh you you have two wingers you know in the middle you've got a guy who wins the ball you've got a guy who's the playmaker who spreads it up front you've got the big man little man partnership yeah so you may have the big target man who wins the balls and then the guy who kind of mops up from the other stuff and so i i think we're still thinking of that mentality for a front two and the interesting thing is we do have that front two because it looks like the um the banana bread that uh, gary monk was working on in lockdown <laughs> has become a become a fixture in the monk household they want it every week now we so three five two is the thing really it's 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 gone from the fancy banana bread to our it's our sliced white bread now is is three five two we've got wonky slices the, the sourdough starter is the starter you can say <laughs> it is <laughs> And we don't have butter anymore. We have olive oil and uh, balsamic vinegar. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's interesting. I, I suppose that what's hard to ma- marry up is the style of play that we are capable mm. of and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way that Monk has almost universally played, his Wednesday team has played, has required a big front man. And at the moment, we don't seem to change what we do mm-hmm. even don't have the personnel to suit that and and you could argue that everything after christmas was a failure to either adapt at the managerial level or 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 for the players to adapt to not having a big man to hit uh Mm. consistently Mm -hmm. you can play without a big man i mean man city are one of the most successful teams you know well they've got the record points total in the premier league and they did that without a big man striker it just so happens they had you know wonderful players throughout their Mm. midfield you're saying it's a it's a big manless city a big manless city <laughs> because what well, you know once they let Jekko go they truly had no second option they had just had two little guys with the options up top so you you certainly can play that way it's just I, I wonder whether it requires a level of movement and consistency of passing that I don't think we get particularly out of our back line I don't think we get enough mm. so I, I presume we are on our way to getting a, a striker to, to lead the line, a more traditional mm. front man. Um, to that end, the other one of the other well, the other bit bit of news during the week was the the squad numbers. Oh yes, I'm really glad you brought this up, Rich. 
I've got a lot of ruminations about the squad numbers, which is fun. Ruminations. Um, okay, well, I think talking about strikers and, and things that stand out, there's no number nine which does sort of make you think that that's a gap in the squad that we're still trying to to fill. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number nine to come in. That's a fairly obvious one. But I'm I'm intrigued now by your by your ruminations, Luke. Can you share some of your missives? So I guess the interesting thing is now is that we know that Kieran Westwood's on his way out. We're actively kind of looking. It was interesting that I really appreciated uh, Gary Monk's tact and diplomacy and handling of that question when he was asked about Kieran Westwood. Mm. So we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. We're saying that's, and it almost seems to say that's something that we're looking at doing of actively making roads for Kieran Westwood to leave Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Which was very interesting. I like the fact that he deflected and then put the focus on the positive of looking at the two young keepers. So, because I guess there's the interesting thing now is one of the stories that's kind of coming into this game and something we might talk a little bit about as part of the mix of an analyzing today's game yeah. is who is effectively our number one. Um, but by doing that effectively, we've said, so there, there are two ways of uh, routes of looking at this. There could be the route that genuinely Monk is still looking for a number one. Uh, yeah. I also think as well, the thing that I appreciate of those two keepers, Dawson and Wildsmith, keeping their same numbers from last season mm. is still basically saying that this position is alive for both of you and he's not yes. damning any of the two. So I, I think it's I think it's a really good move to have, even though it, it galls me as a fan, and especially I'm sure that me and you both follow that knows a Twitter account called Squad Numbers, mm. which is just about <laughs> yes. kind of the batshit world of squad yes. numbers that we live in yes. now with, with inflated squads and moving away from the old mentality that numbers one through 11 are all taken. Not having a number one at the club in terms of squad numbers is That's... weird. And also, well, we don't have a number three, we don't have a number five, we don't have a number six, <laughs> we don't have a number nine. You yes. know, there are the, there are the, uh, <laughs> some of the not really prime numbers, but squad prime numbers, really. That they would have been prime them. numbers in the past, wouldn't they? They would be the ones, I mean, they're not, and that nine is, is a really coveted one, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's a, it's strange. It's strange to see all those gaps, the, 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 the holes in the Swiss cheese of the squad numbers. Did you think it was interesting seeing Kachunga take 45, which was obviously historically Nando's number? I did think that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's ludicrous. Hagen and Kachunga are so far away from the rest of the numbers. Um, yeah. I also found it interesting that the, all the 20 numbers are taken, 20 through 29 are all taken. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's odd, isn't it? It is. Uh, odd. <laughs> I thought about that fun world of is this Windass eighteen? Is that right? I think eighteen's a fun number to have, isn't it, for Windass? But also like the the the, the stupid world we live in of, of players who'd be like, well, I couldn't get nine, so now I'm one plus eight. That equals. yes. Who was it? That somebody did that, didn't they? They did. They put a plus in between, didn't they? I don't know. Stankovic or somebody like that. It was somebody at Inter Milan, I think. Some some foreign jobber. <laughs> With the greatest respect. To it might have been Batistuta. I'm sure he did it. I at think one point. it was. Yeah, it I'm feels sure like such an eccentric European term. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, how dear. good! How glad are we that we're outside? You know, we've left. Oh, we've left <laughs> 
anyway. But do you think so? I would take the fact that nine's missing to be to mean we've we're looking for a nine. But I then so. I don't necessarily feel that with the other positions. So three traditionally would be a left back. Mm-hmm. Um, five well, maybe and six so, would be I mean, a defender and a midfielder. Yeah, I mean you know we're linked with Sanderson. Yes. That's I don't know. I still bit think. Of a rumor. I mean, in terms of, we can do a quick audit here, Rich. What are you? What are you hoping for for the next transfers? I, I know what I have in mind. What do you? What, I'll, I'll put this to you first. I think obviously we bare minimum we need we need ace an an out and out striker. I don't think mm-hmm. I've. I'd love to be wrong, but I'm. I, you know, I'm past the point of thinking that Rhodes will suddenly become the man we need him to be. Um, and I know that Monk traditionally likes a pretty big front man to build things around. That's that's generally the way he likes his teams to to, to play. So I I think we've got we need that. That's sort of. There's no question about that. I would probably like to see another centre-back, at the very least, as mm-hmm. someone that can cover those. If we're going to keep playing three centre-backs, mm-hmm. uh, we need a bit more cover there, I think. Uh, and I, I do feel like we may, we probably need another holding midfielder. Interesting. But, I don't, yeah, so what are your, what would you, what do you what's on your shopping agree list? agree with you out with that striker. I think I'd probably agree with you with another centre-back. Um, we we need someone to replace. I think we need another winger. We need another winger slash yeah, slash modern day wing back, basically. Mm-hmm. But especially after today, it made me think that we have some options, but we need a few more. We need another one. So be basically that's the whole that, that that's the mentality that we have is we need to score goals. We need to replace our two top goal scorers of last season, which are Stephen Fletcher and Jacob Murphy. There was a statistic they flashed up on Sky Sports. I think we've lost forty goals from the squad since last mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you add Murphy and Fletch to Atty, and then I think they said something like three other players, and they had three. But that's a lot of goals. There's a lot of goals to replace. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it's interesting for me because I, 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 I think they'll play different positions, but I don't. I sort of feel like Izzy Brown, uh, Kachunga, and, and Windass between them c- could be that kind of Josh. Murphy type, but it's a different. They're not going to be playing that same right wing slot, I don't think. Although no. right wing back no. slot, uh, but I, I think they could they can bring and make goals. Them all of those players. It's just how they work in. I'm intrigued to see how it all fits when people are back. Uh, this this what the you know what the, if everybody was fit and 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 you know kind of ready ready and raring to go. What would the eleven be? I'm I'm sort of intrigued by that. Quite. Yeah, because I think I'd have a hard time picking it. Do you think that is the perfect point to tip off into looking at today's game and looking at that lineup? I'm happy to do that. Happy to. I don't to think there's any the other news that we need to cover. No. Cool. Let's do that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. So. So. Obviously. Uh. This is the first competitive game of the of the new season. Uh. Taking on Walsall away in the in the League Cup. Uh. And we set up. In the three-five-two, but not with a recognised striker. Striker, yeah. <laughs> 
so the back three, oh, Dawson was in goal. That's obviously for the time being. That's whoever ends up in goal is is noteworthy. But I think he started the game against Leicester and he started today. It's maybe fair to assume that he's the currently sort of just ahead in the polls of, of that's who gets really the interesting because i mean but also you're looking at the mentality of thinking there's also the mentality of thinking hey i want to see more of these other players so that that could be the second point for the point for basically dawson to be number two as it stands right now mm. and obviously it's a league cup and so typically you think about that's it. you could you do have a cup keeper nowadays don't you generally you do you do so i don't know and then I was wondering at the end of saying, is the reason why we picked Dawson because he's better with penalties? Maybe. Did Munchradamus <laughs> look into his ball and knew what was going on today? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of an odd lineup. So the we had uh, a, a fairly sort of familiar now back three of Tom Lee's in the middle and then Berner and... But no Palmer because he's on international duty, right? Yeah, Palmer on international duty. So he's not he's not one of those three and he's also not one of, not playing uh, wing back, mm-hmm. which I think he could do either. I think I'd rather yeah. see him... I really liked... I'd be sad if we lose Palmer as that right-sided centre-back because it <laughs> seemed know. to work so well for him. I know. I, but know. If, I really liked that position as well. Yeah. And I do wonder if we found a better formation of those wing-backs towards the end of today's game, although I'm, I'm conscious it's Walsall and the first mm. game in months and months for them. Uh, but we you know, we don't want to touch on that too much. Too much. But uh, we had Odebajo on the, on the right uh, wing-back position, uh, Kadeem Harris playing left wing back, and then a midfield three of uh, Delhi Bashiru, Luongo, and Bannon, uh, and then up top Adam Reach and Izzy Brown, which was a weird combination. Yes, and it <laughs> reminded me of those games where I said it looks, you know, we all our strikes are terrible, so why don't we just go four six zero? Yeah, it's a difficult thing because going back to talking about fans, you've said, you know. Um, you know, it's weird that we don't have an out. These players aren't out and out strikers, so they're yeah. not strikers in my book. But the flip side of that is, and especially looking at someone like Jordan Rhodes, I mean, you ideally want someone better than where Jordan, who Jordan Rhodes is right now, and where he is right now. But you'd want a striker who'd actually add something else to the game. Can I just? Um, I made a note about this, and I feel we've mentioned his name a few times, and I think he just it deserves a bit of acknowledgement. I don't know if you got the same shot as we did uh, on Sky Luke, but Jordan Rhodes looks incredible with his shirt off, like mm. unbelievable. Well, it's one of my notes from that substitution <laughs> when he uh, strips off on the sideline is that. You know, him and Windass are really vying for the Wednesday swimwear model of 2020-21, really. Yeah. I don't know who's going to make that decision as who's going to model the the new uh, Wednesday swim trunks when it comes around to next summer. I too thirsty, Luke. I couldn't keep saying his name without, you know, speaking my truth. And yeah, incredible. <laughs> Not a scrap of fat on that young chap. He uh, is just bulging with muscles all over the place. Mm. He even had some of those gutters that I'm not going to say the name of. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Those gum gum cutters. Those, those, those gum cutters. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the love that dare not speak its name. The love of Jordan Rhodes without his shirt on. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. 
Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off in the middle of a, a I mean, a burgeoning soliloquy, I'm sure. Uh, sure. About no, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you don't have a recognized striker. So that's worrying to look at. But then also you think, well, you know, Reach is a player who really should be here, there and everywhere and have different things to add to proceedings. Um, Izzy Brown's a very creative player, as we know. So we both would work. And both are decent height. I think they're both six foot plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing is, it would be nice to, and I'm sure there have been occasions where, you know, the, the collective response to a team sheet has been, oh, crap, no strikers. It would be nice to have a few more examples of, well, you said that and then X happened. Because I think more often than not, it's been sort of sort of what we saw today, which is two players who don't really look like they know what they're supposed to do. I I think Reach has been tried up top probably 10 times or so now across different uh, different uh, managers and he just I think he actually works really really hard. He just doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. So I'm sure he's knackered and he's got his feet up now and uh, uh, and sort of deservedly having his cup of tea or whatever. But it just never feels like he's in the right situation or the right place or that so he does a lot but it's it almost exclusively goes to waste. And then you always get that moment where I have no doubt that that sort of moment where Harris sort of squirreled through a couple of chances and cut the ball across the the goal line in the second half. I know Jordan Rhodes would have been stood there and tapped it in. And Adam Reach is kind of like behind three men looking on longingly as the ball gets kicked away. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's always going to be that moment where just having that striker you carry, you, that's where they would, you know, hope, you'd hope come into their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have that natural instinct. They don't have that drive to get to the middle of the goal and wait for things to develop. Um, I, so, the game, pretty much all the way through, we, we almost exclusively had the ball. I don't know what the possession stats were, but I'd be surprised if we had less than sort of 60, 65% possession. It was it was almost all Wednesday all the time. Very little from Walsall on the ball, although maybe you could argue they looked more dangerous when they got it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, the first half, we were very much in complete control of the game. Yeah. Like, I thought that for maybe some of the fact that we weren't offering a great deal up front in terms of there seemed a real lack of cohesion in the final third. It it seemed dis- disparate up front. Yeah. But I was going to say for the negative of that, the positive of things was that we looked incredibly solid. I know it's Walsall, but... <laughs> yes. It looked like we could have we could have had five games and Walsall wouldn't have scored. The only moment where we looked, you know, we rat, we got rattled slightly was the ball that kind of broke past Iorfa's. I think Iorfa should have nodded it away and he missed it, and it ended up with Lavery in a pretty much a perfect position. I, I don't know why he dallied so much on the ball, but he really had a free shot if he'd. Mm-hmm. If he bothered looking up and taking a shot on time, he just sort of looked at his feet till he got tackled. But that was the only moment. But I agree. I think that we were we were remarkably unruffled today by by anything. I've just mm-hmm. looked. I've looked at. The, I've found a place with the possession now. So sixty seven percent possession, um, which feels about right. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, there was there were spells of ten minutes or more where we were just that Walsall just did not touch the football. Um, 
so I think on you know on some fronts it, there was things that worked. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it also made it meant the the fact that Walsall sat all the way back meant there was no space in behind, so that made life quite difficult. It meant that Reach and Brown with their relative pace weren't able to kind of stretch their legs and 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 yeah. do much in that regard. I thought we were very. I thought Odebajo was quite unlucky a couple of times. Yes. Um, we didn't get replays of it, but I thought yes. Well. Well, maybe that penalty on the tenth minute. I I didn't. I yes. wasn't sure whether he was offside yes, or not. Yes, yes. Um, um, I I said it looked like it it was, but I mean we don't really have any focus on the coverage to whether it was or not. Yeah. Um, the thing about Abajo Rich was, wasn't it? Sorry. We you know we have different feeds. I had Paul Walker doing the commentary. You oh, know, right. and this is a bit lesser. You know, I know it's a bit more. There's a bit more um, drumming up. Um, <laughs> Drumming up a story with Sky Sports. Did I miss? Uh, I don't know if it was a ceremony at the beginning of um, the game where the linesman Chris and Moses Adebayo was offside. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. understand. I I thought the referee was fine, even though a comment yeah. I've made about the referee is that he looks like a child with a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> he gives himself five minutes every Sunday to feel uh, smug about uh, having more of a deposit, but then he goes back to the stress <laughs> of playing with Lego. <laughs> Um, I thought that I thought they were harsh with most of them because I didn't think he was offside yeah. that much. I thought maybe one of the three occasions, but like the twenty minutes, he was offside three times. Yeah, which if if he was, then that's a bit disappointing because there was clearly openings there, but he was too keen. But it felt harsh, and the, and the camera angle was that one. Sometimes you get this in kind of older small stadiums. <laughs> It sort of was like an isometric. It was a terrible camera angle when they tried to show a closer view of of whether he was offside or not. Do you um, want to know what so, I randomly called the Walsall Stadium? <laughs> what did you call uh, the Brewster's Ballpool Stadium? <laughs> I just want them to use the icon of that that bear just munching on some uh, bread or whatever it is. Did you enjoy the the fact? Obviously, it's next to the M6. Did you enjoy the corners where you don't have to watch Wednesday defend? You can just watch some National Express buses bobbing in the background. <laughs> Oh yeah, there was there was a couple of zingers that the commentator had that you know he'd clearly stored them up. He'd he'd written them down last <laughs> night because they're going to be so good. And uh, so he sort of said, oh, Wednesday this close to the M6, stuck in congestion and unable to find that fast lane. Oh, there we go. And then <laughs> and then uh, midway through the second half, he sort of he said. He said about Izzy Brown, and he and then sort of clearly like turned to his co-commentator and went, "Izzy needs to get busy." And it was like again, tick that one off. Absolutely nailed it. Yes, Izzy needs to get busy. <laughs> but yeah, so incrementally, I think the better team. We looked pretty yeah. soft. We just weren't able to spring that trap, which we I... were looking to do. Harris had a lot to do. He looked really mm-hmm. bonked. For a lot of the first half. I thought the disappointing thing was because of Odebajo being christened offside with some <laughs> holy water before the game. Um, I don't feel, I, I didn't feel in that first half we saw much from Harris. I didn't think we really had much. No. We didn't have much from the wing play, which is a big thing for, for our, for Wednesday, for our sides. I mean, that meant uh, there was a lot through the middle. And I like the three in the middle. I like the three in the middle of, yeah. you know, Luongo. I didn't feel like I saw much from Luongo. Maybe no, he had a role. quiet sort of game. Bannon, and I enjoyed Fizz. I enjoyed um, Delhi mm-hmm. Mishura today. Thought he was good. Um, so I, I was going to say, for um, 
I mean, this would be if it was an album, a compilation album called Now That's What I Call Preseason Football 47. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd look at the, with the with the HMV Rich looking at the track list, and I'd give you a little. Uh, I'd give a little elbow poke and be like, "Look, Rich, it's got that Saturday, it's got that the Saturday's B side on that you know, that you didn't mind." <laughs> oh, so I, I, another christening of this, another name if it was a product would be. I, I can believe it's not better. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, in a weird way, I, I think it was summed up by the twenty-third minute. There was a great moment with a great strong hold off from from Delhi Bashuru. Mm. He surged forward, went on a bit of a mini surging run, and then he just kind of scuffed a shot wide. That's yes. kind he, he, of summed up the game. You could kind of see the moment in his mind. He thought, "I'm going to score on my debut." And then- <laughs> <laughs> proceeded to roll it to the keeper 25 yards away. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I was generally pleased with him. I thought he there's 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 lots of um to use a very American uh <laughs> a very American phrase. There's lots of upside I think yes. to to yes, him. Yes. You know, he looks strong. He looks like he's got a bit of a turn of pace. I know in his interview when he signed, he, he mentioned that uh, Yaya Torre was uh, a real inspiration for him. And I think it's fair to say you can see a bit of that in his play, in that Torre always had that feel that he could, at any moment, he could kind of just grab the ball and drive you mm. 10, 15 yards forward and, and sort of try and make some things happen, yes. almost of his own yes. volition. And and, and I, I think we saw that a few times, particularly second half, he was coming deep and trying to drag us up the pitch uh, with a bit of pace and quality. Um, didn't always work. There was one moment where he sort of passed it to, the, to their fullback and, and, and sort of put us in a bit of a scramble. But by and large, yeah, I, I was quite pleased with that. I, th- I think in terms of Harris... Sort of, as we saw several times last season, I think they were doubling and tripling up on him. Because any time he got a run at that, that that right fullback looked like a League One right fullback in that he's a centre-back that's playing right back. And at any time I thought Harris got a run on him, he seemed to need to foul him to to deal with the situation. Mm. And I thought he was very lucky because he got his yellow card and then quite soon after that, he sort of hip-checked him in in the penalty area, I think. And I thought... You know, on another day, uh, that's the sort of thing the referee might have had a real look at because you can go shoulder to shoulder with someone, but sometimes a hip check you can get in trouble for. I think, uh, but but yeah, so so that that meant that there was that space for Adebayo if we moved it quickly and when we moved it quickly. But that's why it was so disappointing that he what he did seem to keep getting caught offside, and and I think then they were sort of wise to the fact we were trying to do that, spring that trap on them, so they they made the the winger drop or the or the wide midfielder drop back even further to try and keep an eye on him, which led to that second half where Walsall basically barely left their own half for, for the for the whole uh, mm-hmm. duration. Um I think our best one of our best chances was that Harris low cross early in the second half. Yes. Um he, he seemed to have the bit between his teeth early doors and uh took on his man a couple of times. Um and then there was a good Odebajo cross which Harris himself, the ball sort of fell to him. This is sort of 58 minutes. 
apologies if I'm skipping over bits for you. Do, no, no, do no, call, no. call us back if you need to, but I don't okay. remember very much happening. Uh, but but <laughs> but yeah, that that was an Odebajo cross that the keeper sort of flapped at, and it ended up with Harris, who took his time, had a look around, smelt the air, measured his shot, and just poked it straight over the bar. <laughs> um, and that was just before Penny came on for for yes. Adebayo, and, and they swapped mm. round. What a revelation Matt Penny was when he came. Very out. much so, and I mean, just after that note, I think it was his shot from outside the area where he yes. kind of cracked one, and that kind of felt like that felt like the first chance of the game. Yes, almost. even though there were yes. previous chances, it felt like we're, it must up, have been we're the off. First shot, I think. A very much first shot on target. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can think about Harris curling that one over, which was. Yes, the usual Harris. Everything looks lovely, and then then he kicks it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Penny. It was nice to see. It was a little bit Murphy esque in the way that he played. That he was hitting his crosses early. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. Re- it, you know, him and Harris were an, a, an interesting partnership together when when Harris moved out to the right because Harris loves to push all the way to the byline, then kind of chip his crosses in and. Really, Penny was just trying to get get a foot or two on his man and whip a ball in from from mm-hmm. no matter how deep. You know, as long as he was in their half, he was trying to curl the ball in. Um, and and a couple of really nice crosses in. Unfortunately, the sort of best chance was the one that he he kind of played straight to the keeper. But again, that was that was once Rhodes had come on, and he's sort of like, why on earth is Jordan Rhodes outside of the box when we're breaking? Mm. Three versus three. I don't want him on the edge of the box. I want him in there to try and get the goal. Um, but yeah, I would, that of the of a fairly dull game. I think Matt, Matt Penny's half hour or so really um, was a real, real highlight. Really uh, stood out. Um, Rhodes. We then had the wonderful shot of Jordan Rhodes with his shirt off. Uh, he then came on for for Fizzy, as I'm calling him. <laughs> and what was interesting to me with that was then Izzy Brown came to life because he was playing in the position that he's meant to play Mm -hmm. we had a couple of lovely moments from him including the one where you know we had a header from Penny had the one where he just missed Penny on the cross as well but yeah yeah I was, was going to say from my notes that that 80th minute, that was the one which Penny couldn't quite convert, which yes. you'd kind of really want someone else on the header. But it, again, that's the problem that seems to be with a lot of it's, yes. I was talking about Wednesday missed chances. I'm like, oh, if only the X player was on this one instead. Although again, um, so again though, sorry, another tick in the in the sort of pro column for Matt Penny. I liked that he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a wing back, whether you technically should be trying to get on the end of things in the box, I don't know. But I, I like that he was he was getting forward and get, trying to attack the ball in that space. We needed somebody to. Yeah. 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 There was a was there a chance a minute later where I think Brown did something that I, I, I my comment was I can't quite remember what happened, but my comment literally was just not sure what Brown was thinking there. I think he should have shot. And he ended up playing across. That's the one where I sort of said he missed Penny because yes. I think he was trying to sort of do the same kind of cross. Although it would have been one of those where it, you know, probably would have hurt Penny's nose if he mm-hmm. uh, if he'd connected because it was really thundered at his face. Um, but it was it was behind his face. Not to kind of jump ahead and look at. We'll do a quick. We can we can rattle through some player ratings pretty quickly at the end of this if you fancy, Rich. Yeah. Um, feels weird because it still feels a bit like a preseason game, you know. Yeah. 
But um, I was going to say, for what we kind of signed up for and what we felt that the stats were, Izzy Brown did exactly what he says on the, you know, yes. what it says on the tin regarding Izzy Brown. I mean, he, he created a lot of chances. Yeah. Whether how many of those you can think of, like, that's a guilt chance and we missed that one. But in terms of, like, stats-wise, like, expected chances or whatever you yeah. want to say. Yeah. Very much so, Izzy Brown. There's a thoughtfulness to his play, which... I really like. He seems to make time for himself. Um, again, nothing came of it. I think it ended up being an offside, but there was a free kick that Bannon thumped straight into the wall. And like, is even just Izzy Brown's chip into the box from there, he didn't just thump it or volley it. He kind of hit it with some backspin. So it kind of hung up in the air and it let, because we had all those big guys in there, it should have given us a good chance to try and create a bit of chaos. And I just like that, you know, he's not just hitting and hoping. There's this thought behind his actions and um, that's a nice thing to see. And that's mm. how you, how you make the best of situations. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I thought there were things in, in a, of a, a, a very drab affair there were things to to be quite pleased about and, and look forward to i think mm-hmm. um, certainly and the new guys by and large looked the part looked as you say did what did what they did as advertised and that that's a good thing that's a good thing to see mm-hmm. and and this is not by any means an easy on sky the narrative was pretty much that they were a bit annoyed that we didn't just come and steamroll wasal out the way um that was the main narrative that they were going with but i think it's a pretty thankless task you're going to a team that's two leagues below you hasn't really played kicked a ball in anger for for six seven months something like that um when we're you know there's a lot of expectation but we're also in the middle of a pretty major rebuild um mm-hmm. so you know so it's sort of like there's an expectation on us which i don't think is befitting of Sheffield wednesday as it stands today um and i think we sort of did quite a good job in the in those proceedings and as you say we unless it was penalties we weren't going to lose today it was just the fact that they really only had one thing that they wanted to do and that was defend their box we didn't necessarily mm. have the tools to stop them doing that, to break through that. Um, it might have been the sort of game where an Atinuiu might have been quite nice to have to, to call upon, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, he obviously would have been on international duty as well uh, in in the squad for, for Kosovo. Um, but I think it's churlish to come away anything other than sort of slightly pleased after today's game. Yeah, I definitely Even think that there's a promise. No, there's promise, there's dyna- uh, dynamism, uh, dynamism, mm. you know, there's a dynamic nature to what's going yeah. on. Uh, we look a lot more live, I think, now, even in a preseason game against lower league opposition for a cup game than we did for large spells of lockdown period. Um, I'm thinking Fizz gives us quite a bit different, as does Izzy Brown with our creative elements. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, the more to come, I think, is the the sentence that sums things up. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a fair fair assessment, and we proceed into the next round because we we, we won the penalties um, in a in a pretty convincing manner. Yeah, and uh, that was I, I think outside of Penny, the positive you can kind of give for um, a fairly middling match all round with some fair sparks, but I think we've got to give some real credit to Dawson for making that save, Yeah, which probably took the turn of the momentum and put it in our court, really. Walsall Especially looked a bit, when... like a, a bit like a, 
a dog that had had a newspaper bashed over its nose. <laughs> After that, they look a little bit defeated at that point. Yeah, and you know, good sort of mental strength from him because he couldn't have been more beaten than the first one. You know, you know he was like completely the opposite side of the goal. Yes. So yes. to then get up and and save the next one was was pretty pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, so four, four two the win on penalties, all good penalties from our guys. Uh, yeah, we did. We did the job. I think that's the thing. You, you've got this. Is this is a tricky? It's always hard to go away and do unless you're going to absolutely blow a team away, which requires them to play with some drive to attack of their own. By and large, uh, these these are not not particularly fun games to be involved in as the as the bigger team, the, the expected winners. So yeah, come out with uh, some real sort of glimmers of hope for, for the future and, and we won. That's the main thing. Uh, okay, so do we want to do some, some player ratings? Yeah, let's just give a quick kind of run through. Uh, Dawson, Dawson. Um, probably gone with a 6.5. For large spells of it, didn't really have much to do. Um, it's still kind of Cameron Dawson. I still think there's some moments where it's giving a little bit like, mm, I don't know, maybe, you know, could do with a bit better composure and confidence. But I mean, he did well with what he had. I think he gets a, a, applauded. It's, Maybe I could bump him up to seven for the um, for the penalty save. I think that would be my yeah, that would be my inclination. I think mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, he didn't have very much to do, did he? He um, do you know <laughs> this is a weird thing, but I sort of think he looks like he should be really really good, Dawson. <laughs> when they were like stood the two keepers together, yes, and yes. I'm just like. You, he looks like a proper athlete. The, the 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 other guy looked like a gangly. Like, of course, he's the goalkeeper. Yes, there was very much a story in that shot of them two kind of um, side by side walking away. Dawson yeah. kind of very confidently just supping on a bit of water or Lucasaid Sport or whatever it was. Yeah, and um, the you know it looked like he'd been told the other the uh, Walsall keeper that he had to uh, go help his dad out with clearing some leaves in the yard <laughs> or something. You know, it had that feel about it. You know, I've only just sell sell the scale electric. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. I know that's a weird. It's almost the opposite of Moneyball because I know that, that part of the kind of Moneyball revolution in baseball was to get away from this thinking of you know oh he's he's six three and he's blonde and handsome so he must be good. Um, but yeah, he just. I thought. I mean, hopefully that he can sort of take things away from that as well. Like he looks proper. Maybe he's maybe he's got a jolt of confidence in him. Who knows? Um, but yes, yeah, so, okay. We'll go, we'll go for we'll go for a seven for for him. Uh, what about Dominic Iorfa? Uh, Dominic Iorfa again. That composure. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with a six point five. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Tom Lee's. Tom Lee's. Let's go with. I, Lee's was better than I expected. I would say for this proceeding, <clears throat> definitely in that first half looked like a lot more composed and a lot more confident than I think I've seen in a while. Him he just kind of handling the, the ball, ball the back. didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so I'll give him. I'll give a six point five as well. Sure. Moving on to to Burner, I would say maybe maybe something Tom Lee's can take confidence from is that clearly Burner was their trigger to start the press and not Tom Lee's, which. You know, in a way, there's, there's the opposition has scouted our, our back three and, and decided he's not the weak link, which is quite nice for Tom, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a weird way. 
Bernard did have a moment where he nearly gave the ball away, which was he did. He had, worrying. I thought he had two, actually. But that, as I say, I think that was obviously the trigger for their press was when Berner had it. And he nearly got caught against Leicester. And I do one I do worry about him. He sort of thinks he's a better footballer than he actually is. Yes. At times. Yeah. Um he was all smiles afterwards, uh after nearly getting caught. But uh <laughs> He lost his shoe, didn't he? But mm. yeah, it's it's something to watch, isn't it? It it does intrigue me with one sort of looming figure that we've not seen anything of so far is his Dunkley, and mm. I wonder, I wonder where he figures in the mix. I wonder I wonder if he's a starter when he's fit. I don't know. I would hope so because I I don't like seeing I I don't like seeing what we have right yeah. now. Yeah, send it back. I know, obviously, it's like they said, Dunkley is behind on fitness, so that's why he didn't feature, which we kind of felt we knew from mm. uh, Monk's uh, Monk's talk pre uh, pregame chat. Yeah, and also Palmer's on international duty, so yeah. that's yeah. all we have. Well, we we also have. Let's let's be honest. Um, we do have Mr. Yus Van Aken. We do on the bench. On the bench, closer to um, a professional first-team appearance from Yus Van Aken for a long time. Yes, since he uh, crapped his pants so heartily at, uh, at Hillsborough for <laughs> for us losing against the Pigs for two. Oh dear, yes. I wondered, I mean, at what point do we read into the fact that he's still there and he's got a good squad number, Van Aken? Uh, There was a bit of a rumour that he was told he could leave, but then we also heard that same story about Moses Adebayo and he's very much a part of things. Yeah, but I also think we've also heard a little bit recently about how Van Aken Aken has impressed in training. Mm. So... I remember I some of the passes we'll... he played. Mm-hmm. I remember being part. I mean, there was there was a, there were good bits to Van Aken play or Van Aken playing for Wednesday, and, and defending was not one of them. But but he's got a bit of a cannon of a left foot for for passes, mm. uh, which could be a, a a weapon in the arsenal. Uh, it, does three people give you enough cover for his defensive frailties? That's I suppose that's the question. Three, yeah. having three at the back. Anyway, there's nobody else that naturally plays that left side, so th- th- there are reasons to keep him around, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, where did we get to? Do we give a score to Burn? Let's give him a six. <laughs> give, a si- give him a six. Uh, Moses Adebayo. I think I'm going to go with a six as well for Adebayo. I mean, it's... So on my, on my commentary, I had uh, Paul Walker doing mm. the... Which is a lot better than the other guy who's I talked about on the zone before. Who, <laughs> you have. Who I'm not a fan of. Who sounds like he should be doing something else of his life. <laughs> maybe he's. Maybe he has. Maybe yeah. Maybe he's gone to drive a bus somewhere or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's taking off Chris Wilder as the next shift. Who knows? <laughs> um, so the weird thing with Odebarjo was, I mean, it's an interesting thing to talk about in regards to our wingbacks, which I know we're going to get onto when we talk about Penny coming on. Yeah. But, you know, but Walker said about Odebarjo said, it's a shame he's gone off because I feel he's been like one of the brightest players for Wednesday. Mm. I mean, it's interesting having a player with that pace in that position who has that industry because I feel like he can, he does cover a lot of ground and he does have a lot of athleticism to do a lot. You know, there's a lot of mobility there. It's yeah. just the kind of end product that comes from Moses isn't 
particularly good. Arguably, he was three offsides away from being man of the match. Yes, yes. <laughs> and obviously, a number of those offsides, I really don't think, were offsides. Yeah, but if he wins a penalty and puts a cross in for another goal, for instance, which could easily have happened, mm. then you're like, oh yeah, that guy was amazing. First, He's got to be first choice right wing back out of the guys we've got. But he, rightly or wrongly, was called offside, so he didn't have that tangible impact on things that, that maybe no. he could have. But I, I, I would agree with Paul Walker. I thought he was our bright spark, definitely for the first half. Mm. But then the difficult thing is that, you know, he was offside so many, you know, so many yeah. times. Yeah, of course. It didn't feel like it was his day, to be fair, no. to no. be generous. So but I think a six is fine for him. Yeah, I think six is fine. He was also one of my sort of standouts from, from uh, last week against Leicester as well. So maybe he's mm. kind of turned a corner. The, 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 the worry for him always is the defending side of things. And the, oh. the way he was playing today meant that Iorfa was basically playing right back and right centre back and Odebajo was playing right wing, um, which is how See, I like I- him defending. See, I would say the more worrying thing is the offensive side because I want someone with more attacking nows and more teeth in those positions because we found him in different positions. It's not like he's a great crosser of the ball. I don't think his decision-making is very good in the final third. Mm. But he has the athleticism and the ability to get himself in those positions. Yes, yeah. That's the problem. This is the difficulty of how it goes, really. Yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. Um, Let's... Let's do the other wing back, and then we'll do the we'll do the midfield mm-hmm. three. So uh, we started off with Kadeem Harris on that left wing back slot. Six point five, I think. You know, probably slightly better than Adebayo, but then with what he had to do, but then the difficulty of being defended against quite a bit. Mm. You know, still created one of the bright chances, one of the top chances of the game with that rollback. I, I thought his cross was his cross was good. Uh, which is a kind of plus point that 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 sort of roll across the box or cut back or whatever the cross um, should have really resulted in a goal. Um, but his finishing was he he had quite possibly the best chance of the game uh, and didn't hit the target, which is a really frustrating. If if Jordan Rose could pass on one thing, mm. you know, for for the eye-watering investment that he's received from Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, What Jordan Rhodes does so well is he hits the blooming target. And so many... I I think, you know, different levels... Goalkeeping is is different, you know. Is is a, a one of the biggest ways you can tell lower leagues from 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 the, the better leagues. And I think goalkeeping is one of the ways that you still, when you watch women's football, it's still quite a distance away from men's football in terms of quality. And in part, that's part goalkeeping is is a big chunk of that. But <laughs> championship level and around there, hitting the target will get you a long, long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to curl it into the top corner. These are not wonderful goalkeepers, by and large. <laughs> Hitting the target will get will get you a goal or get you another chance. Mm-hmm. What doing what Harris did is pretty much unforgivable. Poking it tamely over the goal, just hit the blooming target. Get it, keep it low, and keep it between the posts. And on, honestly, the world will. You know, it will, will seem a sunnier, brighter place for you. you. You know, like, this will be a revelation. 
Just hit the target with it. It's so frustrating. I don't remember that song from um, the musical of Oliver. <laughs> Just get the ball on target and the world will seem a sunnier and bright, brighter place for you. The sun has got his hat on. You hit it between the posts. The sun has got his hat on because the chance you made the most. Uh, <laughs> right. Excellent. So that midfield three, we, we feel maybe Luongo was the deepest of the three. Yeah, and I'd probably go so, for a six, maybe for Luongo. I don't. It was one of his quieter affairs. I that think. miss at the 73rd minute. Yes. Yes. It was a lovely cross from Penny. He did everything right. And I just, it was such a bad scuff wide. Went with the wrong foot, didn't he? He did, yeah. He thought yeah. The, the goal was the other side of that post. <laughs> yes. And it would have been fine. <laughs> Um, I'd forgotten about that miss. That was a, that was a howler. Uh, what about what about Bannon? I'd go for a six point five for Bannon. I still think you know, still did a lot more. You know, still a very Bannon-esque game. Still did things. Yeah. One comment I made right at the end is. I know he took a really bad corner at the end, and I said we need to get Bannon off of corner set pieces. Yeah, yeah, not good. His free kick was terrible as well. So yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah. Please, we've got people that can do this now. <laughs> No, I know. I it just Penny it feels and like Pon are much better than him. I, obviously, Brown. Um, I think I'd probably rather Harris. <laughs> the only free kick we saw, we've seen Harris take. He hit the bar with. Mm. Um, I th- yeah, almost anybody I want on set pieces ahead of Bannon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. Uh, so then the um, Delhi Bashiru was the last member of that three in midfield. I'd go with a six point five as well just to kind of be within this kind of ballpark. I thought he was bright. You know, he had some moments of real industry and surging forward. I liked what you said earlier. I wanted to add, but you were kind of mid-flow, so I didn't want to stop your momentum. But while I talk about momentum, like (laughs) the whole thing you said about Yaya Torre, he looks like a player who can drum up some momentum from nowhere. And just he gets the ball, he takes a couple of long, pacey strides, and there's that kind of confidence and speed with it. Yeah. And yeah. I hope we see more. I know he's against lower league opposition, but I'm hoping he grows into that and we see more of that talent against, you know, teams in this in the championship. Yeah. So having I hope he gets a bit more time to have a bit more time on the ball and do that. But he looks good and he can you know, he can also thread a pass as well. Um Definitely. Yeah. I think for him, not a like for like comparison, but um just another guy striding out from the back with with sort of not just pace, but a power about the way he moved. I'm thinking about um, Majid Bouguera. And I think, one, he's got to have the mentality that sometimes he's not going to work and he can't then go hiding. Like, sometimes he's going to get the ball nicked off him and it'll, it will send us, kind of send us into a bit of a scramble. But we as fans, when we get the opportunity to you know, have a word in the keep in the in the players' ears in in terms of being in a stadium. We also need to sort of buy into the fact that probably eighty percent of the time, this is going eighty five, maybe ninety percent of the time, it's going to be positive for us when he grabs that ball and sort of pushes past that first man and tries to make some things happen. But particularly while he's young and learning, there's going to be a few. He's going to get the ball nicked off him occasionally. He's going to put mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. Occasionally. But we kind of need to just roll with the punches a little bit because that, that was the thing with Bouguera. He got horribly exposed sometimes, but nine times out of ten, it was just brilliant because he pulled, you know, pulled, dragged the whole team forward single-handedly. So I, I can see that sort of energy, that drive in him, and yeah, we quite potentially quite quite exciting. Uh, a lot of, a lot of things about his game. 
Uh, but I, I agree. Yes, yeah, six point five seems seems fair today. Uh, I'm going to go for Reach next. The, 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 the sort of a much of a muchness of those front two. But um, what about Adam Reach? Six. <laughs> six feels generous. I'm going to say it's not. I, like I said, I don't know. Visibly working hard. You know, you can't accuse him of not putting a shift in. I just he had nothing to show for it. The team had nothing to show for it. He always seemed to be in the wrong place all the time, which is what happens yeah. when he plays up front. He's got mm-hmm. no instinct for it. We need to stop this experiment. It's not fun. We've tried it enough. Everybody's tried it. But I mean, where next for Reach? Because I don't think he's. I don't know. I don't think he's quite a wing back though. Which is funny because I felt like he was a midfielder, he was a winger, he was a left back, but he's not. He's not the, the all three of those in one position of <laughs> the wing back. Right? Amazingly, I mean, <laughs> amazingly considering where we were last season, I honestly sort of start to think: should he? Should he be gone? Like, I don't. I, I suppose the thing is, we want other mm. ways to play because that we're we're now playing three five two as a consistent formation, and I think it's important that we stick to that and learn how to play that. But there will be games where that's not possible for whatever reason. So you can thin your squad of players that aren't useful right this moment and then feel lacking in in other moments. So Reach (laughs) does a lot of those things on a good season that we were liking from Murphy. You know, goals from nowhere, good deep crosses, things like that. Reach does a lot of those things. He just doesn't do it at wing back. But if we end up playing a game where we need to sort of throw caution to the wind or something like that, then he might be a useful guy to have around occasionally. I also think mm. he could probably play that kind of Izzy Brown type role as, as the, the forward sort of prong of a three in midfield. But he probably does that worse than Brown, um, Kachunga and uh, Windass. So I don't, it's tricky. It is tricky with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably he's got another year after this one or is this it is this his last year I was thinking this is it but I could be wrong we did sign him to a massive contract I mean I you know. Know, we spent a lot of money on him you know I know and I think uh, he's a 5 million pound year. player we spent money on yeah. 5 million and he's looked 5 million quite a lot of the time and he's looked promising and sometimes even we had a season where we felt I think he looked like a 10 million pound player yeah now he looks like we can't give him away I know. Mm. Intr- yeah, it's a it's a headache. Um, let's go for Izzy Brown. What what, what score are you going to give him? Uh, I'm going to give Izzy Brown seven. I think that okay. was that was uh, a lot more like it in terms of players and everything he gave and added to the team today was positive. Um, yeah. I can only really think feel that like a bit more fitness. And, you know, a game and a, a, you know, offering a lot more for us when we get into next week where we're starting a league campaign where we're losing 10 po- 12 points off from the off. It's going to be a better stage for him, I think. Yeah, he looked, I also think to his credit, he looked markedly fitter this week than he did last. So that's good he's clearly putting in the, you know, putting in the effort to, to get up to speed, which is which mm-hmm. is really good. Um, just to run through those subs then. So Penny came on at the 60th minute for Odebadjo. We've got to give Penny a seven. Yeah. Which I think is marked for the game it was and him being a sub and coming on for 30 minutes. I saw that Sky gave him man of a match. I think I'd agree. I, I, think I would also agree, yeah. I think, yeah, just an absolute revelation. Um, it's It was nice just to see him on the bench and to just think that he's a player who seemingly has come back and has a future when didn't feel like that. It felt like we'd forgotten he was a player that existed that was ours and on the books. 
and yeah, yeah, bounced back, and now he's uh, he came on and really did the business, and just absolute night and day in terms of this game. Just, just yeah, the best player in the park. It was, it was tantalising, I think, and uh, to me. I sort of wonder, particularly as he did it all last season at a decent level, I wonder why he's not our first choice left wing back going forward. Maybe he's getting into that conversation though. Mm. Granted to be true that like basically Monk has seen a lot less of him than he has with a lot of other players I that suppose, we have. Yeah. You know, the ever-present Harris, Adebayo, who's gone a lot of minutes um, despite some of his faults and errors. But, but who do... To me, he's he's almost unique in. I just don't think we've got direct players like him. No, he's really <laughs> he's motivated to get goals and get and make goals in a way that I don't know. I think lots of lots of players are happy sort of making pretty patterns and keeping possession. And with Penny, he seems so single minded. And this was something I loved about him when he was when he was having his first sort of dalliance in the team as well. He just seems to want to. You now, my aim when I get the ball is to progress things. I need to move the move the ball forward, get us in a position where I'm putting the ball in the box, or I can have a shot myself. And he's got the quality to do both of those things pretty consistently well. Again, in a way that I just don't know that we have elsewhere in the squad. I don't have faith that Harris can whip in an early ball because I've never seen him do it. He doesn't seem to want to do it or like doing it. So I, I can only imagine that's happened from a career. He His his game is built on pushing to the byline and doing little chippy crosses because that's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Whereas completely the opposite, Penny's game is you've got a really good left foot. Make the best use of it you possibly can. I, I totally agree with man of the match. Um, I, I hope... I just, I suppose the thing is, there's a, there's a, there's a track for young players, which is the kind of Alex Hunt, like you are, you're bottom of the pile, but you're going to get, you're in the rotation. I hope from what I've seen of Penny in his two stages, although they've been fits and starts, I just hope he's not, I hope he's on a faster track. He has always looked and played and to me like a first team player. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him given the chance to kind of grab that mantle and make it his own. Um, Okay, let's. Um, <laughs> then it was. Sorry for that. <laughs> I'm just. It's exciting to see somebody, a kid like that. I think he's special. I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting to see a kid like that come through the through the ranks. Yes. Not a tidy little footballer. Not all right. He'll make a job of it. But he's he's gifted. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, Windass came on for Reach, the 66th minute. Uh, Windass was okay. Let's go with a 6.5. I don't recall a yeah. great deal from him. Things seemed to step up a bit in that period, which felt because of a lot of the substitutions. Maybe to be fair, and yeah, maybe it was just Penny, to be honest. It could well have been. I, I wonder if he was just a little bit better at leading the line than the other two had been. So it did ha- it did allow us to be a bit more progressive with, with things. But yeah, that might, as you say, it could easily just have been Penny's influence, just wanting to get, get things going every time he got the ball. Um, yeah. Uh, what about the so the last uh, John Rhodes then then brought his uh, his magnificent body onto the pitch. Let's go. The, let's go the six for Rhodes. Yeah, you know I wanted to see him because hell, you know he's, you've got eyes. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly, Rich. I want to see him play purely just to give him a a, a grotty look at his, uh, you know, his uh, pound poundland washboard abs. Um, but um, no, you you still think for someone that we've invested so much money in, so much time in, while he's still at the club and while we're playing and starting a game where we have no out and out recognized striker, you know, I was you I, really hope that something's still going to come from him, right? Yeah, I think to Rhodes is credit i feel like we would have played better if he'd started i don't know what that's based on <laughs> sure but mm. i don't there's a discipline that the problem with reach is he just doesn't know what he's supposed what he's there for yes and there's a discipline to i think jordan rose would keep the discipline of i'm here as the striker what i've got to do is find gap between the center backs and hope the ball comes my way and that in and of itself, it's harder to defend against than Adam Reach, who is just kind of, what I'm going to do is run as fast as I can around, sometimes near the ball, sometimes away from the ball. <laughs> but you're no threat. You're no influence on the game. The discipline of sort of sticking to your task, I think, would have put it in a slightly better stead. Maybe not massively better, but... Um, I- I just it feels a little bit insulting to Rhodes that he didn't start today. Mm. I, I just worry in terms of like man management and things like that. And maybe you know maybe we had a word. You know the, the monk had a word with him and things like that. But <sighs> mentally, that's got to be quite a blow. And I, we always talk about the old or you know the, the awful old cliche about strikers is, is about confidence players that cannot be good for your confidence mm-hmm. uh to look at that team sheet and think yeah i'm not even even in a team with no strikers i'm not the striker anyway uh so but yeah penny crowned man of the match i think that's that's fair enough and lots of little glimmers of of hope and uh things to to be quietly optimistic about going into the the season proper next week mm-hmm. anything else from you luke today um just as a slight aside just looking back at one of our old kind of um you know sheffield wednesday expat players um note i made about kaylin lavery uh kaylin lavery looks a different player and by that, I mean, like his face has been replaced with someone else's. The years have not been kind, have they? He no. looks like a tough go round, does Caelan K- Lavery. Looks like he's left football and he's been doing manual labour for, for 30 years. Or just staring into the abyss whilst the abyss <laughs> stares back at him. <laughs> Very much so. And I hate to... I don't know. It's 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 different, and it's it's difficult for players who are young and then so promising and exciting and pacey, and then things don't happen, or and they get an injury. Yeah, and then that kind of has to redefine who they are again. But it it looks a long time away from who he was. Um, oh, yeah, against when he, you know, when he, I I thought about like who is. And it made me think, actually, I'm like, just thinking about the Stuart Gray 6-0 defeat of Leeds, where he got a brace. Yes. And he did his awful eagle celebration. <laughs> yes. And thinking, well, Tom Lees is still in the team. He's the only player I think would be left from that time. So I wonder if they know each other. That's mm-hmm. been the change of Wednesday. Um, but as he's dropped down the ranks and he's now a lead two striker and didn't look too threatening. The player who looked more threatening was uh, the player who scuffed the penalty against uh, that Dawson saved. Was it Gordon? Yes. Who had the free header. 
which was only the mild worrying moment. Yeah. He had a free, he had a resort over in the second half. Um, a little bit sad to see Red Deer's finest, Kalen Lavery, just looking very much a shadow of the player. And I maybe his face, just... face looking a shadow of his face's shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that he uh, he turned us down when he joined United. Did he really? That's what it says on Wikipedia. And, and there's no higher source I of don't... news. Wikipedia. Remember that being a thing. Lavery joined Sheffield United after turning down a new contract from City Rivals Wednesday. I know it was a difficult period because it felt like I felt like if it wasn't for that injury, he would have had more of a presence in around Wednesday's team at the time. But also, we were in the Championship and they were in League One at the time, right? Yes. Yeah. It was was the season after um, our promotion that he he left. But it also felt a little bit like his days were numbered because of he just lost that that momentum that he was grabbing with those goals against Leeds. And I think he scored against Birmingham as well. I think it was. Um, And it, it reminded me a little bit. Do you remember when we went up and do you remember Chris Lines? Was looking sharp in preseason. Yes. Had a really nasty groin injury. Yeah, that was uh, that's a big what might have been moment, wasn't it? It was. It was, and I think about that maybe that kind of sliding doors moment for Lavery. Um, but definitely, it felt like basically we were like, N- we don't need you right now. We don't need you anymore, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine if we did offer him a contract and he turned it down, it was probably it was probably a bit, a bit derisive. I'll be honest. Could could well have been. I don't think it took much for Sheffield United to gazumpers on that one. You know? <laughs> I remember a really hilarious thing someone posted on Al's talk with like United. It was like, oh well, uh, you know, he's, he's actually like really, um, he's one of the best players, and Carlos didn't like him. Yeah, like, he bullshit. played uh, played thirty times that season afterwards for uh, United. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then completely fell off for them as well. Yes. And I, I thought it was funny, like the narrative of him coming and being like, you know, you want to do, you know, you want to do well against your old club, which of course he's going to say, but yeah. it felt maybe a bit angled, like it felt a little bit like there's a little bit of sour grapes still there. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Potentially. Sad. A little bit sad. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the, well, that's the thing with, you know, young, you can, you can show promise. You can show, and he looked like he had real uh, shine to him early doors. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's grabbing those moments and staying injury free. All those things are very uh, tricky. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we shouldn't get so maudlin about the passage of time. Um, <laughs> we are a week away from the season kicking off in earnest, uh, and I think for myself, I'm I'm feeling I'm warming to the to the to the task of this season. And uh, yeah, you know, roll on, roll on, Cardiff City. Let's see, let's see how we go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say cheerio, Luke. And the same to you, Rich. Have a good one. Have a lovely week, and I hope folks at home have a lovely week, and uh, we'll speak again. Cheerio. Let's do this. Bye. Bye.